Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Hi, Natasha Belling here with this special episode of Australia Today's Morning Agenda on Wednesday the 13th of October. Yesterday, we lost a great Australian. Eddie Jaku, a Holocaust survivor and author of The Happiest Man on Earth, passed away aged 101. The Sydney Jewish Museum, where Eddie worked as a volunteer, was one of many to pay tribute to Mr Jaku, saying his impact will be felt for many generations to come. Last year, I had the great pleasure and honour of chatting with Mr Jaku about his life advice and the importance of love, tolerance and friendship. Eddie wisely warns about the dangers of hate and says without learning the lessons from the past, we won't have a future. One of Eddie's greatest quotes was about happiness. He says, here is what I learned. Happiness does not fall from the sky. It is in your hands. Happiness comes from inside yourself and from the people you love. And if you are happy and healthy, you are a millionaire. After the many challenges over the past two years with lockdowns and the COVID pandemic, Eddie's wonderful life advice is more important than ever. 2020 has been a horror year for many. Some have lost loved ones, others have lost their jobs or businesses, and many have been separated from their family and friends. But this year has also had many silver linings. It's reminded us about what truly matters, our health, our family, our friends, our local communities, our incredible frontline workers, our scientists, our teachers, and the joy of a real-life hug. Sometimes life is all about perspective, and when you face the greatest of challenges, you learn to appreciate the smallest of gifts. Someone who can teach us the greatest lesson is the much-loved author of the book The Happiest Man on Earth, Eddie Jaku. He survived Auschwitz, where both his parents were murdered. He moved to Australia and married the love of his life. At 100 years young, he wants to teach others about the importance of love, tolerance and friendship and why we will not have a future if we don't learn the important lessons from the past. On this Christmas Day, after the year we've all experienced, his life advice is more important than ever. Eddie, thanks so much for joining us. How have you found 2020? Oh, very difficult, very difficult year. I couldn't have my 100th birthday. I had lined up parties and uh, people used to supposed to come from overseas. All this was cancelled. Plus, I'm in an aged care centre and we are very restricted. So that was very hard, very hard. But we're in this together. And when you are together, you're strong. When you are alone, like I was in my life, very difficult. But now we take it like it comes. Together, we're in it together, we are better, you said just then. You've released this extraordinary book called The Happiest Man on Earth. Why are you so happy? I'm happy because I got a number on my arm so that I don't forget. I used to live in the most civilised, most cultured and certainly the most educated country in Europe, Germany. And what happened to me since 13 years, since 1933 to 1938, I was deprived of seeing my parents. I lived 860 kilometers in a city called Tuttlingen, 
far away from my parents, never saw my mum. That's when you need your mum the most. I didn't have her because I was learning my trade, finishing my education, and I was Walter Schleif. And you have no idea what that means for a young man alone in an orphanage, going to work to learn my trade. I'm a precision engineer. I make surgical instruments. So this was the hardest time of my life. And so now, as I survived, because I was Auschwitz and I ran away from several camps, and I survived, and I got married, and I have children and grandchildren. So that's why I'm the happiest man. Everything which is supposed to happen to me has happened. Now, I had 75 wonderful years in this beautiful country of Australia, which is now my country. I don't feel anymore German. I would never go back. I have never been back. I went every five years to Europe, but not to Germany, because what they have done to us is indescribable. I never thought this is possible in a country of Schiller and Goethe, Beethoven and Mozart. Why? All my life I ask why, and I haven't found yet a person or persons who could answer that question. Why? And this is why I wrote the book, because I see that nothing has changed. Instead of you learning from us, from the past, to make a better future, everything is still hate in the world, and hate is a disease. It kills your enemy, but in the process it kills you too. And this is what the people who use that word don't understand that they're going to be destroyed by their own principle. And I want to change this. I want to restore family life like it was when we were young. We didn't have so many divorces and breakups since people, brothers don't speak to sisters or, or vice versa. And so that's terrible. And this is why I decided to, to write the book. You do make us happy because I think you do have a very important perspective on life because you have seen such horror, you have lived through such awful circumstances, you realise what's important in life. I know a quote that you made earlier was you said, uh, you mentioned before that you were in concentration camps during the war, that you said dying in Auschwitz is easier than living. Yes. You see, they all asked me, how did you survive? And I can tell you honestly, 50% is luck. Nobody who has no luck survives. And 50% is knowledge and your habit to get used to what you can't change. In the camp, we are Häftlinge, we are prisoners. Lucky we go to work and in work we found friends or people who are not so, so hard on us. So one side of the camp was companies who needed us to work, and on the other side were the Nazis who wanted to destroy us. And this is, not everybody can take that, you see. And so we have lots of suicides, lots of killing, and so forth. It's very difficult, I can tell you. If I would come from home to Auschwitz, not from the place where I was, that I was already since 30 and a half by myself, 
I wouldn't last three months. The camp life is very, very hard. Can you imagine that we, it's very cold in Poland, in Auschwitz. It can be 20 degree below zero. And we have no much clothes. I never had an overcoat. I never had a blanket. And you go in the rain, one and a half hour in the morning, in the rain, in the snow, in the cold, with wooden shoes, no, no socks. You get blisters. It is incredible to describe. I was speaking once to, to a school just one day in Auschwitz, and they didn't believe what could happen in one day. And when you are there one, one and a half year, I was in Auschwitz, and I was seven months in Buchenwald. I was in an internment camp in Belgium. I was in a concentration camp in France. I escaped once from France when the train was going to Auschwitz. I said that in my book. So that's why you understand. When I went through and I came back to Belgium and I found a lovely girl, who became I didn't your need wife. a wife. I need. I needed a mum, <laughs> and, and I got a mum and a and a and a wife Aww. for the same price. <laughs> My wife had a mum, and she had no husband, and she accepted me as like like her son. I think if I had an argument with my wife, I would go to the mum and she fixed it all up. <laughs> <laughs> I was here only 11 months and I worked for Drug House of Australia making surgical instruments. And I had a house in Brighton, the Sands. So I built on a little room with a lounge room and a kitchen. And I applied for a permit. They came to inspect. And 11 months after I arrived in Australia, my second mom came from Belgium Aww. and joined us, and that was wonderful, wonderful. I miss my mom all my life, all my life. This is why I say I cannot and will not forgive or forget, because this brutality should not happen in a country of the educated people in Germany. What happened to my friends? What happened to the people who were invited by my family for dinner and for our festivals? We always had lots of people, Gentile people, not Jewish people. Why? Why? How can hate make murderers? It's not. I will not be a murderer. I can't. I couldn't. Even if they shoot me. If somebody in the camp says, shoot this man, I say, you shoot yourself. I would not shoot. This is what humans have to behave and accept. Humans have to behave like humans. My book is about to restore and learn from my past, from my experiences. My book is to cry and to laugh and to enjoy. I get so many letters that the people, I got a letter in my pocket now, from a girl who's 15, didn't speak to her mom for two weeks, and she bought my book. And she read, she went home, and she said, Mom, I love you, and spent all night with the mom in the same bed even, 15 years old, didn't want to see her mom. Why? How does that make you feel, Eddie, that uh, your story and your very painful life experience is making a difference to other people? Because I speak of a natural cause, 
natural cause. I have, this is not fiction, this is not invention, this is not fantasy, this is what happened to me. And it appeals to people who have been in the same position of similar tragic things and also hardship. But the young people today have lots of fantasy and fantasy does not exist. They want everything yesterday. This is not possible. I tell them there is time to laugh, to la time to cry, time to mourn and time to enjoy. If you are healthy, you're a multimillionaire. They ask me, why are you so happy? I have always been happy with what I had, not what I liked or what the others have. I don't care what the others have. I know what I have, health. And health is worth a lot of money. You make money, but you can't buy health. There is a good yes. quote that you also make, and you, you said it earlier. If you don't learn from the past, there won't be a future. Do you think we still have to learn from what has happened in the past? Yes, I still learn. I'm 100 years and eight months old, and still I have still in my brain certain things. I make surgical instruments. I read all the med medical books to see what's new and what they're using now, like laser and all this. And I'm well informed, even that I'm not doing the thing anymore. But I never lost my interest. I have all my capacity to absorb what I read and absorb what I learn. And I apply. I say to the people, don't ask when you have a, an argument. Don't speak before you think. Because when you say the wrong thing, you can say a hundred times, I'm sorry, I didn't mean. That's nothing that has no value. You said it, a bad word, and you stick, and the others have heard because they have ears. So I don't answer. When my wife screams, <laughs> I don't scream back. I listen <laughs> and say nothing. <laughs> Better say nothing than the wrong thing. Then two hours later, she rings me on my mobile and she apologizes. So I don't do, do that. I don't say the wrong thing. I don't have to apologize. I can now understand why your marriage has lasted so long because your wife's always right. Yes, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Even she's wrong, that doesn't matter. She's a good cook. She's the best cook because I love good food, quality, not quantity. <laughs> a way to a man's heart is through food, yes. isn't it? Through his belly. Correct, correct. Me, I like good food. Like you see, I lived in Belgium and we eat French food. And French, uh, they eat very little, but they eat the right thing. They eat good, good food. And I am brought up like that. It's not the quality, quantity, it's the quality. And you have to eat what's good for you, not just what fills you up. <laughs> Eddie, some of your important life lessons are we need to teach tolerance and the importance of friendship, but also the danger of hate. Can you explain those values that you hold dear? You see, friendship is a wonderful thing. I speak a lot about friendship because a friend is like a second self. But unfortunately... The people who are young now don't accept or don't agree or don't enjoy friendship always. 
they're trying to find fault. In French, it's beautiful. It calls éplucher. That means you peeled your friend and you look with a magnifying glass for faults. We all have faults. You accept the friend with all your faults and with all his or her faults. And this has missed out now. I see friends for 20 years, they get drunk and they fight like if they were enemies. And this is wrong. This is wrong. I want to understand the people who read my book to understand that friendship is a very valuable aspect of life. I could not have survived Auschwitz without my friend, my friend Kurt. He was there for me. When I wanted to go to, to, to the wire and kill myself, he said no. And when he wanted to go, I said no. And as I say in French, we say, l'union fait la force. Together we are strong. Alone we are zero. Alone you're finished. So it's very important to have friends. You can have many friends, one, one best friend and the second best and the third best. <laughs> <laughs> I have many friends. I say to all my people who, who like me, if you want to be my friend, you are my friend. <laughs> Eddie, 2020 <laughs> has been such a tough year for so many. If someone's listening today, you have such great words of advice. What would your message be to them, your life advice for them to live a happy life and to be as happy as you are? You see, from time to time, it happens now, not 400 years. When I was two years, we had in Germany a pandemic, but I didn't remember because I was too young. It happens once in your lifetime. But as we know that we are all together, I tell to the people, whatever regulation has been done by the authority, respect this and work with it and go buy it, and we get, we'll get through together, and it will be much easier after than it was before. Because you will realize what can happen if you are sick, not to get sick. And because you need somebody, you have the ability to help somebody who is lonely. And it will make us maybe, maybe I said, will be easier the people will not be so hard. They will be more flexibly tolerant. I think it has separated some people, but it has also people brought back together. They have seen the value of each other. Mothers went out to get the food when they couldn't get it and so forth in order. And they have spent more with their children than ever before because they learned from home. So it can change the world for the better. We shouldn't waste food. For me, it breaks my heart when I look in a rubbish tin because I was for many, many years hungry. And what we waste, why you buy too much? Why don't you buy less and send this other food to countries which is hungry? And I think it will come out. We have a good chance that it will be for the better. We will fight this uh, pandemic and we win again because we are together. All the countries are in the same place. The whole world has this sickness. And now that has shown out what can happen if we don't care. 
We have to care. We live in a world and you're not alone. You have to be with the people who cannot help themselves. This is if God or nature has given you the capacity to help and to be kind, try to be what I suggest in my book. This is why at 100 I wrote a book, because I see so many tragedy in humanity around the world. Hate has not been eliminated. I thought hate was eliminated. It's stronger than ever. People hate each other. Why? And so please promote my book and help me to make this world a better place for anyone, for everyone. We adore you, Eddie. We will promote the book. Thank you for your beautiful life advice and the difference you are making to so many people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you would like to purchase a copy of The Happiest Man on Earth by the wonderful Eddie Jaku, it's available online and at all good bookstores. Listener.